Welcome to Hot Breath Comedy Fam. On Monday, May 13th, I am teaching a clean comedy workshop. The last four I have taught sold out very quickly, so if you wanna learn about clean comedy, the business side, where the line is, how to write clean comedy, go to the link in the description of this episode, and we'll see you there. What's goody, everyone? I thought I would be whiter out here. <laughs> I thought I thought I had better lighting. It's kind of dark. It, it's fine. <laughs> I'm shooting in my backyard. Like, why is this not great? Yeah, and I only still see your uh, your face. You don't see your face. I don't see my face. No. Well, if you go to um, live. Your face should be there. Because um, Imre just said you both look great. Hey, I'll take it. <laughs> oh, yeah. So we're both live streaming. Yeah, we're both we're both on if you see in the Facebook group or um, the whatchamacallit. Uh, YouTube channel. Oh, nice. Yeah, so okay. we're, we're on nice. both, fam. So hopefully, yeah, this is... <laughs> <laughs> this is this. Welcome back, everyone. You wanted a weekly live stream. So here you go. Last week we wore sunglasses and I was recovering from uh, drinking brain. And then this week mm. I was just like, whatever, we're outside. I switch it up. I switch it up. My, yeah. wife is, my wife is sick, so I was just doing this outside. Oh, nice. Yeah, that's on me. I was sick and then got her sick. It's the worst. <laughs> it's the worst. Yeah. <laughs> Well, that's how it happens. Exactly. So, it's all a big pity party over here. How's it going over there? <laughs> um, you know, kids running around. Actually, they all went to go play at, like, the playground. So, it's actually kind of quiet, which is kind of nice. Ooh. No stompage on the ceiling, which is refreshing every once in a while. No one taking up your, uh, your bandwidth on the router. Mm -hmm. No Fortnite <laughs> poaching going on here. Absolutely. It's Fortnite and my Minecraft. Mm -hmm. Ooh oh, yeah, Minecraft's bumping. Dude. Uh Mr. Beast and his Minecraft channels are just killing it, dude. Killing it. Good for him. Oh, and we're killing it too though. We got people hang we got people commenting. As we're easing yeah. into this, this is <laughs> easing in. Easing. Got John Mondragon and Imre. I crack easing. myself up. Carol Keto Carol Mookie G. Yeah, y'all for hanging out, Let's man. Go, baby. We appreciate y'all for showing up every week, despite us not promoting it. That just means the world to us. Mm-hmm. Facts. Be your facts. So what we what we started doing here was somewhat of a a weekly Q and A, and I posted in um, a poll in our Facebook group, getting questions. If anyone watching has questions, um, but what question I have is um, for Mister Yoshi. So I don't know if anyone is subscribed to the World Series of Comedy email. <laughs> but I opened up their Atlanta one, and Mr. Yoshi So was front and center. His face was the the talk of the town, the the bell of the ball, if you will. Yeah, hey, hey, we we trying, we trying to get it. I want to pull it up for the people that watch on our YouTube channel. Which, if you guys are listening to the podcast, then you're missing out on the live stream. Every single <laughs> Tuesday on our YouTube channel and in our Facebook group. 
we are doing a live Q&A. So come on and hang out with us next Tuesday. I know you're listening on the podcast now, but you never know what's going to happen. You never know. I'm but yeah, man, I, so. I just did the, uh, did the contest in San Diego at a very cool club. Two cool clubs out there. I didn't do the Friday show, but there's two clubs that we did it at, at San Diego Mic Drop, which is a cool spot in San Diego. Um, and then the other one is the stand up. I want to say it's just called, uh, God, what, why am I forgetting the name? It's in Bellflower. I know it sounds weird, but it might just be like stand up comedy club. <laughs> like it's such a generic like name. That's the um, name of it. Yeah. Hilarious. Um, I, um, I don't want to do it any disservice because they were super good people. The Stand Up Comedy Club. That's the name of it. I was like, it's. I think it's something different, but no, it is just straight up the Stand Up Comedy Club. Well, all right then. Yeah. <laughs> Easy enough. Easy enough. Yeah, yeah. What's interesting about the the mic drop is the guy that won while you were out there in California, uh, Matt Derndak. Yeah, yeah, he won. His last name? Yeah, yeah. We worked together pre-pandemic at uh, the Drop, which was in uh, which is in Indiana. It's a comedy club called the Drop. We worked together out there. Yeah. So it's cool to see things come full circle. For sure. How was that show? Oh, it was nice. I think they moved locations. I think they're in like a bigger place now as well. But it was a lot of fun. And while we're on the topic of World Series of Comedy, I actually met the booker of the drop at a world series of comedy event. So uh yeah, just a shout out world series of comedy. Yeah, absolutely. I know we both got a lot with them. So how how was your trip out there? Did you see any hot brethren? Did tell us, tell us, cause these kids are listening. Like, Oh my gosh, he went (laughs) festival. He flew across Uh, the country for a comedy festival. Like what? Give us the deeds. Yeah. I mean, honestly, it was, it was good. Um, I went there, stayed with a comedy friend of mine um, who I met at uh, World Series last year. Um, so we became good friends. And then he came out here actually for Western Comedy Festival. His name is um, Jim Gallagher. Very funny. And then uh, when I got there, the show was really, really good. I didn't get to see the first night, so I didn't get there till like Thursday. So I actually drove into i was i flew into lax and then drove to san diego and then the first night of the show you know it's just two separate lineups uh nine people a piece this was the second round and i think the biggest thing for me was truly just to like have a mindset of having fun i know uh you and i talked just earlier about how sometimes some of these contests get a little i get a little in my head about them mm-hmm. and kind of like myself out but I think when I focus on having fun, the results don't matter. And I'm just happy with exactly what I did. So that's kind of really how it was. Um, I did my show and I did my set. Very, very happy with it. I'm probably going to use it as a sort of a, it's a seven minute. So I'm going to use that for future clips because I was super happy with it. And right. it was mostly because I had a great time on stage and like keeping that focus was more important than anything else. I didn't move on, but I was super excited about what I did on stage. I met Hot Breath Aaron Sampson. We were on the same show. Oh, he did great. Well. Um, he did awesome. Um, we talked a little bit afterwards. Uh, and we just had good discussion just all around. Um, and then a lot of the people I've seen before, I haven't met Matt before, but I've heard his name um, in other places. But, you know, it was just good to just, like, see. He's, he's got a very different comedy style, Matt does. But also... Mm-hmm. Um, everybody else was a little different as well. So it was just good to see kind of like different styles of comedy. There's definitely like a style of New York comedian. There's definitely a style of like LA comic as well. Yeah. Um, But like, just, you know, at the end of the day, it's about making people laugh. So, uh, I was super happy with it. And I would say, you know, not to flex, but as soon as I got on stage off stage, um, I exchanged cards with the uh one of the managers there and basically she was just like hey if you're ever in town hit me up so for me that's like 
that's a win. That's exactly what I wanted. Yeah. It's just somebody to see it and be like, oh, you could really rock our stage. That's all that truly mattered to me. So for me, that's a win. Even though I didn't move on, just having that connection now is like golden for me. Yeah, I feel like that's what World Series is best for is like networking with other comics and also networking like they they're like big intention is like connecting comedians with bookers, you know, like that's oh, that's sure. what they're all about. So yeah. um, anytime I've done something World Series, I've always gotten booked from it. So it's definitely valuable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, so it was good, man. I mean, <clears throat> no complaints. And then the shows were good. Um, and yeah, um, I'm doing another one in Louisville, Kentucky. Nice. Uh, about two weeks. And then the Atlanta one in, I think I'm doing Louisville. And then I'm going to do uh, the one in Florida at uh, Sarasota. And then I'm going to do the Atlanta one. And those might be it for me. Nice. Yeah, and basically how theirs works, if people are wondering, each city, like each city is like a satellite, and then is it the winners of those go to the, the top, finals in Vegas? So the top uh, three of any of the satellites um, automatically go into Vegas, and then if you don't make the top three, but you've got enough points throughout all the satellites, you also get an invite for the top 101, basically. Gotcha. Very cool. And yeah. this actually ties in um, to a question we had in our Facebook group where Danny Tran actually asked, how many years in comedy before you started submitting to festivals? I was probably like two and a half, three years in. But I, I would say, like, don't use the years as a gauge. I, I would just say if you feel like you've got a comfortable... 10 minutes so here's the thing about the all right let, let, let me pull back the world series is feature work you're basically guaranteed feature mm. work and feature work is anywhere between 20 to 35 minutes i would not submit unless you've got 35 40 minutes of solid material that you believe you're comfortable with mainly because when you're doing the comedy and you go on to all the stages the last final three of every um satellite is basically a 25 minute set so you got to push mm. out a 25 minute set so if you move forward you got to be able to do 25 um at the satellite so i would say be comfortable at a 40 45 that way you're 25 that is like straight up you know a material you can sort of hit that for that 25 minutes. That's sort of how I approached it. So I, when I did it, I was year three, year four-ish when I did my first one. Um, actually, I don't think I did it till year four. Uh, in terms of, at least for the World Series, I didn't do till year four, but I've submitted to other festivals because the other festivals, they don't need 25 minutes. You mm -hmm. know, last fall, I think they only really want you to have like 10, maybe 15 minutes because you're, really only doing uh, that much time at their festival. So just look at what length of time that they want. And then, yeah, I would just start submitting if you're comfortable with your material for the amount of material that they want to, sh they want to sort of highlight at their show. Yeah, that's a good point. And for people that just jumped in the live stream, I see Andrew in here and Heather and Jerry and Jess me. I see some people posting questions, and Bob, uh, the topic we're talking about, Danny Tran had asked when we started swimming to festivals, and for me, I don't even remember, and honestly, I don't really submit to that many festivals at all, and I feel like every time I see our uh, comedy buddy Wellington, he's like, you doing the festivals, man? Like you do the festivals? <laughs> like, he'd be good to come on here, because he's he's great at that, at those. Um, yeah, yeah. I don't know. I really just don't. I haven't really submitted to many, if any. To be honest, I've done stuff with World Series. I did some with Red Clay here in Atlanta. Yeah. Uh, one year I did like a podcast thing with them and then never again. But that's fine. You know, I'm not bitter. <laughs> I'm not bitter at all. <laughs> not at all. 
<laughs> I just feel bad for the pe. I just feel bad, you know, for the people that almost, but then you know, didn't type of vibe. That I just, I mean, you know, yesterday's price is not today's price. Is basically what it comes down to. So. That's really what it boils down to, but I'm not bitter and uh, I'm grateful. And uh, so, yeah, so those are really the only festival, but I know friends and I know Yoshi's very active in festivals as well and a little more extroverted. It is like a great opportunity to network and yeah. to get quality stage time. If it's a quality festival, there's so many festivals out there that if you have a question about one, if you post it in our Facebook group, you'd probably be able to get some feedback on, is this worth submitting to? What's this festival like? And, kind of get a dialogue going because each one is totally different um yeah. submission process is different acceptance rate is different so each one's different so i haven't really done that much with festivals but i know people who haven't gotten a lot out of them so i will say that yeah i mean i would say it's one of those things that uh mookie just mentioned be prepared to get rejected a lot which is a great point mm. i've submitted to a lot of festivals get rejected a lot but it's not like the rejections get you closer to the like it's those are the no's that get you closer to the yeses mm -hmm. the the stuff that i was submitting the first time probably wasn't great if i look back on it now probably was not like high material and now that i'm submitting i'm like oh this is fire stuff that i think will get in but still it could still be trash to them you know what i mean you never know what the festival goers you never know who's sort of booking or whatever, but you know, you hope that over time you learn sort of what they're looking for. Um, who was the kid that you interviewed? Um, Andrew Frank, uh, he was I on the podcast. I met him at World Series. I met the yeah, Joe Doctor Frank. World Series, so there's yeah. a lot, yeah. Yeah, and Andrew Frank is like a festival god. That dude yeah. did so many festivals and like lived off of festivals and lived off of like truly like mastering the art form of the festival mm -hmm. and that also parlayed him into more and more gigs. So he just figured out, Oh, I've, I don't want to say he figured out completely, but he knew kind of like, I don't want to say the formula, but what got the festival, uh, bookers like itched, like he was like, Oh, this is what they like. I can do this. I can do this kind of material for yeah. them. Yeah, yeah. And, and so I've interviewed Andrew, and speaking of festivals, I have interviewed uh, Andrew George, who runs the <laughs> Laughing Skull Festival. He gave a lot of good insight on festival submissions and just a point of view of a club booker in general. And yeah. I've interviewed uh, both co-founders of World Series of Comedy, Joe and Jason, both amazing dudes. I've interviewed them a few times. Um, yeah, and Ian, Ian talked about festivals as well. Yeah, Ian is yeah. the booker at Laughing Skull. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, Those are some I, good I, resources for the podcast. If anyone wants to go back and listen to more. Specifics. Yeah, festivals are are they're not an absolute thing, but they do definitely get you exposure. Um, mm -hmm. Even if you're not, don't get into a festival. You could still go to a festival. There's a lot of networking that can be done. I mean, we talk about this. A lot of the gigs that you're going to get do not come from bookers. They come uh -huh. from other comedians who truly are like, oh, I messed with you. I think you're funny. You'd be great for my show that I'm running in this town. So just know that festivals also get you to connect on all those other cities that you might want to visit and you might want to do a show at. Yes. And this comes with a disclaimer that. This does not guarantee you will submit, get into a festival, and then meet the person that changes your life. You very well may submit to 50, get accepted to two of them, go and get nothing out of either beyond just stage time. So yeah. I want to put that disclaimer out there as well, that we're not guaranteeing anything. Sure. But, from but just remember those. We've learned that. But just remember that those festivals, I would say always, you know, this is just my little set of rules. Go to a festival that has bookers outside of the festival goers where they are bringing bookers into the city laughing mm -hmm. skull brings bookers from jfl they bring bookers from south by south jimmy south fountain. by jimmy fountain like they're bringing people in mm -hmm. to watch and see talent same thing with big pine same thing with i mean world series like a lot of the festivals i would say for me my number one rule is who's going to be there to at least 
give me some level of exposure to say, oh, I liked what you did or eh, I, that wasn't great. Because the other thing is those bookers actually do talk to you and you can mm -hmm. add, add feedback. They're not all going to give you feedback, but I would say 90% of them are willing to be like, oh, you know something? It was a little premature. They'll give you notes on what they liked versus what they didn't like. And yep. that for me felt like super important um, overall. Like, oh, okay, this is where you think I am. And then the other thing is bookers also like to see progress. They like to say, oh, I've seen you before. Now I've seen you like escalate. We'd love to have you for the festival. Yeah, that's a good point. You got me thinking we need to start setting up some affiliate links with these festivals. Yo. We got Yo. Yeah. Where the bread at, Shouty? <laughs> where the bag at, fam? Anyway. <laughs> so I had to go to White Boy Joel for a second. I did I did a fundraiser this weekend and like, I was gonna ask you how was that? I went, you were the only one i was the only white boy in the lineup that's you know that's my that's my that's my lane right there you know that's mm -hmm. my safe spot that's my yeah. sweet spot so i was in the zone i yeah. was in the pocket in there and i told myself before the show that i'm not gonna do race stuff i was like i'm 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 evolving i'm metamorphosizing this this metamorphosizing you're phoenixing i'm phoenixing you know I mean? i'm the the yeah. caterpillar to butterfly i'm metamorphosizing yeah. and yep. it Something came up that made me bring up race, and then I kind of went on this riff about how I'm trying to not do race stuff, and that was getting laughs. So I think I got new material out of it, but then I just leaned into the race stuff, and the laughter went from like eight to ten. And then I and I went and I was like, "See, see, y'all boxing me in here. See, I, how can I compete with those laughs?" So it was all funny. Um, yeah, I'm trying. We'll hear about great nuts real quick. Yeah, I did. I did. I did my Zoom therapy bit, and it got like pretty much crickets. I did all this race stuff, and then a Zoom therapy bit, and they're like, "What?" It was so funny, but it, it was a lot. Of, yeah, it was a lot of fun, and I danced. And I did the it's gritty awesome. and the floss. Yeah, nice. so we shucked and jived, but it, it was really good. It, it was a lot of fun. I don't know why I, I can't remember why I brought that up. Now my ADD took me to was it booking it i don't no, know no, no. You, you were just talking about um we're talking about festivals uh, yeah you're talking about festivals you're talking about the affiliate links and getting the bag oh so but i was, was like bringing up the bag at the fundraiser oh yeah. the fundraiser made me think of the bag and i was like oh, i remember getting <laughs> paid for my time and um fairly <laughs> But it was booked by a hot brethren. Is I think maybe what For I was sure. getting at. So all y'all listening, y'all y'all booking stuff, holla at us. We'll we'll pull up. For sure. For right. sure. Okay. Cool. Uh, oh yeah, and Jesse said I'm producing a show at Mike Drop on March 30th, and that we should come out there. <laughs> is that is Actually, it San Diego? Uh, that Mike Drop I think might be in Phoenix because there's a Mike Drop in Phoenix. Oh, wow. Oh, and Jerry said Keto Carol's killing it in Phoenix because she's all over all the flyers, which is cool. Nice. That's awesome. We may be doing our, um, we may be doing a country club that day anyway, though. I think so, yeah. March 30th? Or thir yeah. 31st we are. Um, So, yeah, we won't be able to do it this time. But, hey, definitely, if the price is right. Summer tour is what I'm thinking, Joel. Summer tour. Yeah, yeah. Nice little hot breath tour just across the country. I'm, I'm, just I am, just a little light work. You just want to get away from your family. That's all you're trying to do. You're like, yo, let's go on a road trip forever. <laughs> Josie's trying to duck out. <laughs> I'm not saying you're lying, but I do spend some time with my family. But it'd just be fun just to like, I, I just think like the, summer months is easier for me because then i don't have as much like, kids school and all that yeah i think we definitely school. put a run together yeah. Yeah, yeah 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 i think so for sure um yeah. oh and i cracked myself up asked the difference between a festival and a competition um world series is a competition and a festival um i mean competitions really 
I don't even know if there's really like competitions anymore in terms of festivals. World Series is probably the only one that's like a competition competition. And I love but that about festivals, man. I loved that yeah. is the competition. But no you one say you do or you don't. I, I used to love that. I know Laughing Skull used to be a yeah. contest. Yeah, Laughing Skull used to be a contest. And I think, like, I mean, very much for World Series, I don't want to say it's a guarantee, but the clubs pretty much will give you feature work if you win that club. Mm-hmm. That's part of the thing. Yeah. Um, if you win the contest? If you if, Not only if you win the contest, but if you win, like, their satellite. So if oh, you win the satellite... Oh, you get the you get a a feature weekend basically. They're like, oh, okay, come out because I know somebody who didn't win the contest, but they won a feature weekend um, at one of the places. And then I saw them that weekend. I came in for like a a guest spot, and they're like, oh yeah, this is my feature weekend with this club that I won at for that weekend. So you know they honored it. Uh, I think it was a Chattanooga gig or something like that. But yeah, it was awesome. Oh, very nice. Oh, very nice. Uh, there's oh, also man, like a warm. there's a Facebook group as well. Not a Facebook group. There's like a list of all the um, comedy festivals as well. I think we might have shared it in Hot Breath a while back. I think, so. I think we did too. Yeah. And then there's also like local competitions that like people will do like a one off where you buy in, see if you win type deal. So that's more that's yeah. more what I think when I hear like competition or contest is more of like. A one-off thing sometimes clubs do or sometimes just yeah. someone will put together or you buy in and then maybe win um yeah, yeah i mean i probably said- perform under pressure you know and like <laughs> i mean like contests are good for that festivals are good for that like getting out of your comfort zone and really performing like in a different environment that you're not used to you'll be surprised i mean as you get out of your scenes more like you'll get into you'll get on a stage you've never been on and be like oh like Oh, this, I feel like I'm starting over almost. Like, there's definitely a, a learning curve to being able to adapt to new environments very quickly. Because early when I was doing clubs, like it would take me at least a night to like acclimate and be like get my sea legs on the stage in front of that crowd. It's like it's there's a learning curve there that uh, festivals and contests can really help with too. Yeah, yeah. Um, there was a question, uh, John. Ask what are your thoughts on riffing on stuff? The comic before you said, um, "That's a good question." I, if there was, if there's something interesting that the comedian said, and I've got a joke for it, I definitely will use it before I go into my set. I would say you got to get in the habit where that is always hitting, and it's got to be super short, so you're not taken away from your set because if it doesn't hit. And then now you've got to bring the audience back. It can really like make it hard for you to get them back. So I would say practice it, but like get good at like, I've always said the shorter it is, the better. Like mm-hmm. the, the shorter the, like, the hit, like it's like set up punch or just a punchline or you repeat something. Um, I wouldn't go into long setup or long story like I'll see some hosts say say things like, "Well, speaking of uh, dustbusters, uh, here's a story about dust busting." Yeah, and it sucks the energy out of the room, based on the fact that the guy who just went last like had all this energy for his closer, and then but now you want to bring up a story. So that'd be the only thing I would say: keep it tight and quick in terms of riffing on something that the comics said before. I know some comedians, that's like their thing. Mm-hmm. They'll riff on something and go right into their set. Um, uh, who's a local comedian that does that really, really well? Neil Reddy, masterful. Mm-hmm. Dude, like I've never seen him not crush on saying something right before. And then as soon as it hits, he goes right into a set and it does great. But yeah, I think it makes you be- makes the audience believe that you are actively listening as a comic yeah and it it can be good practice in terms of like riffing and kind of becoming more conversational on stage you just don't want to become a crutch yeah Uh, and you don't want to be like forced if there's just something like at the tip of your tongue that you're like oh i gotta say this or want to say this but don't don't make that your primary objective of the set is like oh let me listen to comic before so i can get my opener like if it's organic then go for it 
But I, otherwise, don't try to just shoehorn it in just for the sake. And um, another thing is, like you mentioned with the host going long, I've seen comics reference, like, the comic says something, and then the host goes up for a couple minutes, and then the next comic goes up and references the other comic, but it was too much time gone. The audience already, time. For, the audience already yeah. forgot what that comic said or whatever, so they yeah, tried yeah. to play off of it, and it was, so, I mean, yeah. use it, yes. you, you practice it, but don't use it as a crutch, I would say. Yeah, great point. And only, I mean, I mean, this is going to take time. Man, only say it if you know it's going to do well. If you're like, oh, oh I was about to say it's got to be funny. Yeah. It's got to be funny. <laughs> if it's like, oh, this might be interesting. Absolutely not. Say it to yourself first or say it to somebody else. This is what I've done. I have done that at a show and I'll ask another comedian, hey, do you think this will be funny if I say this? And if they're like, oh, that's that's trash. I'm like, all right, I'm not even going to do it. Yeah, just if it's organic and funny, then funny. Give, give it, you know, give it a test. You know, I mean, all the riffing and stuff. I think when I initially started practicing riffing, it was in uh, a bar in a strip mall next to a closed grocery store on Tuesdays at ten o'clock. It was at a bar called Spuds where they sold big baked potatoes. That's all they sold. And, um, so then there we're in the middle of a dance floor, the disco balls going, I went every week, you know? And, um, so I started riffing in there by just like, I made fun of the light and then like went into my material. And then I would like kind of get a little braver. I went, made fun of the light and then maybe the dance floor and then went to material. And then maybe I made fun of the light, the dance floor and the sign outside. And then went to material and I kind of started to expand the, the riffing that way. Cause it's, it's all super yeah. incremental. Yeah, but it yeah, it, yeah. Uh, it is a great way to flex, especially at a show like that. Those are good shows to get weird, rub walls, you know, <laughs> really get into it. But like you know, at a club or something, you don't want to do that. But an open mic where you're in the middle of a dance floor and it's mainly comics, like, man, that's open field running. You know, feel free to get weird with it, try things, For sure. uh, and take that's big good. swings in those rooms because the stakes are very low. Yeah, that's a, such a good point and a smart way to think about it. I'm getting roasted in the comments, too. Carol said I look like my live stream is sponsored by Bass Pro Shops. But then on the other end, it's Akuma said I'm taking a break from commenting on the PGA Tour. So I'm on both ends of the white elite spectrum right now. Even just how I said elite, it just like elite. It just like rolled off the tongue. Elite. Anyway, oh, I did say at that fundraiser, I was the the diversity, equity, inclusion hire, which I thought was pretty funny. <laughs> but what was funny, sure. it's in a, it was in a small town in Georgia, so the crowd yeah. was actually mixed. So like, so like, there was actually like a good bit of white people and black people there. But the funny part is, the whole lineup, the whole fundraiser was put together by black comedians. So these white people kind of showed up. And I don't know if they knew exactly. I mean, the flyer, you know, it had all black comedians and it was fine. And everyone laughed and had a good time. But I, I would love to have seen them as like, you know, they were playing, you know, Gorilla Zoe or um, I was trying to think of his name. What's a gremlin? Oh, um, what's the rapper's name? Kodak Black. Superstars. Yeah, 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 yeah. Kodak Black. There we go. But yeah. Yes. Uh, anyway. <laughs> But speaking of which, I think a Carol, despite roasting me, had a question. Went to enter competitions, do all we can early in our career, even though we probably won't win, or wait until you think you're good enough to win and suffer soul-crushing losses. Oh, so basically, do contests before you think you're ready or when you think you're ready? I, I would say do them before you think you're ready because you got to get a little uncomfortable and once you get some of those l's i think you'll be very surprised that they don't start to hurt as much later on yeah i will say though you only get one first impression as well so i guess maybe it depends on the festival i'm just saying if you go to a festival and the booker sees you as one way you know, they, yeah. that may have, be how they see you forever, or at least for several years. So, 
I think early on I avoided festivals because I didn't feel like I was ready, and then I didn't feel like they were worthy. I guess. No, I'm just kidding. It's, I'm just kidding. Is uh. <laughs> other humility you were a one hitter quitter you're like "Uh, i don't think they really mess with with the bias but she said local (laughs) club competitions yeah i I would yeah i would i would say go for it i mean i think competitions are great to get out of your comfort zone and really like it's so great to have accountability and something to work towards you know there was a Mm -hmm. there was a contest here in atlanta for a while run by a road comic Derek Tennant. So I think he's been on the road and busy. He hasn't done it, but it was like three minutes. I think you submit, I think it was $30, but you won several hundred and it was three minutes, but it was like, it was a good exercise of like, okay, I got to condense everything down. I got to hit with my best three minutes. Like, so I would do it every time and won some because I would just guess anyone was wondering. And I, I would still do it every time because it was a good exercise of like editing and performing under pressure. And it forced, yeah. it held me accountable to write, you know. And to get the three minutes, like that's not easy. Yeah, that's you got good nice. You got to squeeze out all the air on those jokes. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, I would say go for, Yeah, I would say, I'd say go for it. If you're proud of, if you're proud of what you're doing, I'd say, you know, take a swing, you know? Yeah. And one, uh, another good thing, just a good practice, uh, before you start submitting to festivals, start recording your sets. So when oh, you're recording, yeah. first of all, uh, I'll tell you this, do not record and submit an open mic set. Mm. This, this is just good practice. An open mic set does not put you in the best light, especially if the open mic has nothing but comedians in it. Mm-hmm. The bookers want to see you at a showcase and they want to see real people laugh at your jokes. Uh, if you're testing material out, that's not what you want to submit. You want to submit your best version of yourself, your hot five, as they call it in the industry. Um, so that's just a good practice to have. Try not to submit open mic material, unless it's like an open mic that's got a showcase and you're like showcasing your stuff. But if possible, do not submit open mic tapes. Because yeah. that is also, like we said, with going to a competition, it's like your first impression may be that video. So it's a representation of you and your comedy. So, yeah, definitely, yeah, yeah. your booking tape and your submission tape, yeah, don't do it on an iPhone that's vertical from 15 feet away that your friend is holding while they're, like, giggling or whatever. And it's shaking. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> Yeah, that's a really good point, though, on the submission side. Yeah, the quality of your submission. Yeah, make it high quality. High quality. Yep. And I saw uh, Jerry had a question along the networking side. Was the Yoshi mentioned business cards? Is it still a good idea? Yeah. Contact oh, social media info on yeah. there? I'd probably say the, the way that business cards are going, a lot of people, and I'll say I do this too, are just basically putting like their face. So this is my business card right here. It's mm-hmm. just my face, my name, and then on the back, some contact info, and then a QR code for them to reach me. And the QR code actually goes to the, an EPK that I actually did with the World Series that's got like my images, my tape, uh, a bio, and things like that. So I, that works for me, and I've gotten booked from that. Um, I would say, yeah, business cards, definitely, especially if you're going to a festival, um, even to connect with other comics. But yes, of course, I also get their IG. I follow them on Facebook, mm-hmm. all the other stuff. But yeah, definitely business Because I think this, the other thing is there's not a lot of, uh, this is going to sound like, um, I don't know what the word is, ageist or whatever. There's not a lot of young people that own comedy clubs. Yeah. You know what I mean? True. So, a very still a very kind of old school um group of owners who still mess with business cards yeah and uh, yeah that is a good point i have business cards a lot of times people will ask you like after a show you know do you like uh, like a fan or something maybe like do you have a card or whatever i will say business card is great it's, it's something to have i i can't 
I can't count on one hand how many times I've gotten someone's business card and then like did something with it besides throw it away. You know, besides it sitting around my office for a while. And then I, for throw, sure. it, I throw it away. I haven't been like, oh, let me get your card. Okay, I'm going to hit you up. And then me actually go and email them. Like maybe a handful of times I've done that. What what yeah. really what really does it is you get their info. Be like, oh, here's my business card, and let me go ahead and get your get your email, and I'll follow up with you. Because people, I mean, eight times out of ten, it, nine times out of ten, they're not going to follow up. They're not going to think about it. But when you follow up, they're going to be yeah. glad you did and be like, oh, yeah, that's right, type deal. So business card's a cool professional kind of um, trinket to have. But if it's with someone that you want to, like, really, like, it's like you're talking business or you're something you want to keep in contact with, then, like, Get their email and you initiate the conversation. Facts. Yeah. Yep. Next steps. Take it next level. Yeah. Great point. Yeah, yeah. Don't wanna don't wanna be relying on anyone to remember X, Y, and Z. Yeah. That's on you, baby. Yeah, this turned into talking about festivals. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's turned into a whole thing about talking about festivals. But they are important and you know, there aren't a lot of a lot of questions and it's kind of an unknown world. Um but yeah, it's knowing which ones to that are worth submitting to. And if you don't know, I'd say ask in our Facebook group and um they'll be able to help you out. But I think on the all, most most festivals are in it for the right reason. In a yeah. good good place yeah. to meet people and possibly meet bookers at stage time. Bad festivals have been snuffed out is the best way to describe it. People just have been like, nope, don't submit to that festival. Yeah. Um and like the good ones have stayed, I would say. Uh so yeah. I mean and you know, obviously tons of club, tons of bookers and tons of like producers also do festivals. Do your due diligence, find somebody who's been to the festival before. Um, and you know, see what it's about before you submit. Yeah. And this one was, uh, from Christopher Woolley in our Facebook group who said, I'm always told not to throw a, a joke away, but how many times would you try it out on stage and it not work before throwing it away to look at later? How long would you take before looking back at old jokes to try and get a fresh perspective on it? My magic number is three, but that's just me. Um, Did we do this last times. week? We've done this question before. We've been asked this question before. My magic number is three, and I would say it's three, and I don't count it working. I don't count an open mic in terms of it working or not. I count showcases and places that I'm getting paid to do it as does this joke work but i've already worked it out at the open mic if it doesn't hit at a showcase even if i squeeze it in between like fire stuff mm -hmm. that's when i'll be like we're gonna shelve this till it's ready it's it, sometimes a joke gotta go back in the oven you know what i mean and reheat yeah. it <laughs> you exactly. know what I mean? just it's not ready to be eaten yet yeah big facts yeah it's kind of personal preference on how many times you want to do it before putting it to the side i wouldn't say throw away anything i'd say yeah you just kind of shelf it to come back to it later you could come back to it the next week the next month the next year the next decade like it's kind of it's kind of an organic thing based on your own personal judgment of if you believe in the joke then you yeah. know keep keep hammering but at a certain point the audience doesn't <laughs> lie and if you've been doing it for six months and it's never worked it may just be time to shelf it and come back to it. And there's no, like, even like Christopher saying that reminds me of like, oh, yeah, I'm writing new stuff. I should probably revisit old stuff I wrote and just see what's there. Because, like, early on, I just, I have, like, notebooks of stuff that I've probably, that I probably wrote in and then just never looked at again. So that could be a, that could be a good resource um, to find new material that Christopher just tapped me into there. So, mm -hmm. Interesting, because I know people will do that. Uh, I've never really revisited my stuff. I just kind of kept moving, moving, and developing stuff that just worked in the chaos. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. it 
it's kind of personal preference there, Christopher, but when you come back to it with fresh eyes, you'll probably find fresh jokes for it. So put it to the side. Oh, and this one is this one is uh this one gets personal here. JR asked, How do you tell your parents you quit your high paying job to pursue a career in comedy? <laughs> I wonder if JR actually did this. Yeah. Or is he thinking about it? Yeah, because he said, how do you tell your parents as if he already did? <laughs> I wonder if he did. I hope he's still watching. I know he commented in the live stream. Yeah. God, bro, I don't know on that. I mean, you're, you're a parent, Yoshi. So, like, from a parent's point of view, how would you yeah. hear something like that? But you've been, you're you're married and you also, like, you know, like left your job to pursue comedy. So, so I would, I, not to put this is one of those things. No, no, no. This is one of those things that I think, um, that it's definitely personal preference, but I would say you should not quit your, any job to pursue comedy unless comedy is just busy. Like where you're so busy at comedy that it's dipping into your time to where you can't focus on the other thing. Mm -hmm. That's kind of what I would say is the time to quit a high paying gig to pursue comedy. But just remember like, you know, most comedians are working on weekends, maybe Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. And if you're getting booked like that, where your weekends are just busy as hell, then yeah, maybe it is time to pursue comedy on a regular basis on the other side of that i'm not getting booked and i still left uh my gig but i left my gig mostly because i've you know over the years i've built a nest egg where i can do that and i'm okay sort of taking that risk um also i've got a supportive wife at the house that's like was willing to be like yeah sure go ahead and do this and you know, we'll see what happens. I don't have like a timeline of when I might need to rein it in, but you know, we'll see. Uh, so this is just one of those situations where I think it's definitely personal preference, but I would say you quitting, just make sure like, I don't know how to best say this as a parent. It, it would be that don't pursue life and make sure that your life is good before you go ahead and pursue a career in comedy. Mm. So you're doing stuff by which you're still like livable, then go do that. You know, I know comedians that are, have lived in their car. Well, you can do that. And there's nothing wrong with that. We know plenty of comics. AJ Wilkerson lived in his car. Um, uh, Dude, Andrew Joe Frank. The guy who we were like, he's the king of the yeah. festivals. He, yeah. I don't know if he still is, but when I interviewed him, he was living not, in his car. Yeah, yeah, but he's not anymore. But he was, right? but yeah. So like, he was for sure. Right. So a lot like, of times, what full time comedy looks like is like you're literally living in your car. Comedy. Yeah, so. and you're trapped, and you're going to gigs and doing things yep. like that, right? Yeah. Um, so I would say if your lifestyle can support it, then by all means, go ahead and pursue comedy full time. Uh, but there's no guarantee because, you know, you're at the beck and call of bookers. You're at the beck and call of other people sort of choosing you for these gigs. The other th way to think about it is that now if you've got like, you know, uh, the king of Atlanta comedy, who we call Joe Pettis, he left his gig and he was producing like five, 10, maybe 15 shows. He was producing shows, still got a way to do his comedy, produce shows. And he left his gig to do comedy full time. Like, mm -hmm. just make sure that you're good from a life perspective. That's the best way to say it. For sure. And I, I did what you did. And I uh, I set up a nest egg and then jumped in full time. Like, I yeah. I mean, I was I was living lean, too. I mean, Publix, Bogo <laughs> was my love language. And I'm... <laughs> And I am living in a studio apartment in the basement of a building in the hood of Atlanta. Like, you know, like I'm, I'm living lean out here, saving up money so I can pursue comedy full time and saved up a nest egg. And then I did like a, a 
exercise of like best case scenario, quitting my job full time. Worst case scenario, am I willing to live with the best and or the worst case scenario of this decision? And I was, and I jumped in that way. But I, yeah, I always recommend to people like, I mean, you do you, boo. Like, like we always <laughs> say here, like at the end of the day, you do you. We tell you based on our own professional experience. But like for me, another reason I didn't move to L.A. or New York and I built everything from Atlanta was like my friends that moved to L.A. and New York, you know, they're living in like two bedrooms with four dudes like type deal. And I was like, I'm just, yeah, they got on late night and stuff and they're doing great now. But it's like that's I'm not willing to do that for that. Essentially. Standard. Yeah. So it's, it's all personal preference on that end. So. <laughs> yeah. If you want to jump in and like not really have much, the thing when comedy becomes your job, it's like any other job. Like you've got to work on, you know, you got to figure out how to get booked. You got to figure out branding and the marketing and all like, it's not like, Oh, you quit. And now comedy is just going to create, you know, the yellow brick road for you. Nah, it's an, Mm -hmm. it's a constant, constant hustle, constant grind every step of the way. Like I, I just interviewed Steve Byrne 30 years in the game saying it's still like it's a constant grind everyone's trying to figure it out you're just going from like one thing to the other just trying to do the best you can so do it i would say make it part-time as long as you can until it is like you can't do your day job or boat and comedy or comedy is paying as much as your day job but once it becomes your job it becomes more of an obligation in a lot of ways because now you're putting all the pressure on it to like oh I'm not just going out here to have bits and hang out for fun. Like this is my livelihood. So I really got to figure this out. And that can very easily suck out the fun of it. If you're not careful. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. And I cracked myself up said Steve Harvey lived in his car as well, which he did. Yeah. I did a whole, I did a video about it on my Joel Byers YouTube channel. If anyone would like to go subscribe to that, because that should have been viral by now and it has a thousand views. So I don't know what happened there, but that's fine. <laughs> oh, but we're we're reaching the end of our hour here, Yoshi. Are we? Yeah. <laughs> I just realized my neighbors are probably looking at me like, "What is? What, what is, is he Lapin doing? Joe doing?" I feel like you got chickens back there. You got chickens back there? No, but I would if I had more. Um, <laughs> if I had if I had more room and like, I definitely would. I've got my um my favorite yard art here. This is a mm. mushroom. This is great for the podcast. They're like, oh yeah, we can see that. That's actually a hand blown glass um, mushroom from the Tacoma Glass Museum. A father and son uh made those and that oh, was like dope. the gift my wife and i got for each other for our trip to the pacific northwest but once once the once everything's blooming i'll definitely do yeah. more out here because we got a lot of hydrangeas and dafts and mascaris coming up and my god you I sound like my roses. <laughs> <laughs> i had a line did i tell you i had a line that uh, when I did the Agape Church event that you hooked me up with about my wife is in like a garden club and it's like some and she loves antiques and I was like some people marry some people marry their mothers I married my grandmother. <laughs> <laughs> That's that was, so good. <sighs> That's solid. That's very funny. <laughs> oh, what was that? Nice. But yeah. That's funny. So yeah, that was fun. Oh, and Keto Carol said organic gardening with Joel Byers. Dude, I would love to have a gardening show. I would love that. <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> Does somebody have another question? I thought I saw I something. I think Jess, Jess me posted something. Is that the one you were looking at? Yeah. Um, is it me or is it no, normal to go completely blank after you've done your new stuff at an open mic, even though you have tons of jokes you could have said? Yes, mm-hmm. that is normal. Yeah. Very, very normal. <laughs> For sure. That's and that's a thing I think a lot of young comics do, and I'm I can still be guilty of that, is like going into like a set, especially like an open mic set, and being like, Well, I'm gonna try six new things. I'm gonna do some old stuff, but I'm gonna weave in six it's like 
pick your favorite new thing and just yeah. make it your goal of the set to do that one thing. If you get to anything else, that's great. That's a cherry yeah. on top. But like whenever you try too many things at once, you end up getting none of them done. So none of them. comedy yeah. is such an incremental set by set by set by set. Like build yeah. and development. So like just do it one bit, one tag, one new joke at a time. Max. Kaboom. Max. Fire, fire, fire. Fire, <laughs> fire 100. Fire. Eggplant <laughs> emoji. Fire. <laughs> How exciting. So let's, um, <laughs> let's land the plane. Uh, yeah. I'm going to be in, um, on March 15th, or March 17th and 18th, I'm doing shows in Virginia and South Carolina. So if anyone listening to this has shows around that area that maybe I could do this the 16th or the 19th, I'd love to nice. put together a nice run of shows there. Nice. Um, March? That's March? Yeah, that's March. Yeah, March 17th and 18th. And then so anywhere around those regions, I would go on either side of those dates that um people are listening to the podcast just want to put that out there crack myself up said trey's in the upright position hilarious (laughs) but yeah yeah we'll land the plane but i we appreciate y'all for hanging out goodness great i can't man when we start promoting this (laughs) it's gonna be a problem son game over fam because the people watching right now are like, oh, these are like the OGs. They're like the, they're the ones going to be uh, shooting with us in the gym type of vibe, you know? From the rooter to the tutor. <laughs> oh, pause. <laughs> oh, I don't know. Those are the uh, those are the feelings of Yoshi So. We should put a disclaimer there. <laughs> Jody asked the South Carolina. I'm in Abbeville, Abbeville, South Carolina at the Abbeville Opera House. Nice. And I will be performing as Why Boy Joel. So you guys can come see Why Boy Joel. <laughs> At the Opry House. That's awesome, dude. But it pays. Congrats. So yeah, it'll be fun. All right. Yeah. Yeah. So it is, I think we did it. Is there anything else you want to say, Yoshi? No, nah, man. Uh, just go work, guys. Uh, comedy is about that work. Um, incremental changes i i was gonna say uh jody mentioned something about just paying for comedy festivals give yourself a budget and just do like a couple of comedy festivals you don't have to apply for every single comedy festival uh i i thought to myself when i was looking at festivals hey based on where i am who are the people that are getting into this festival those are the festivals i'll apply to and then when i saw people like you know south by southwest like uh (laughs) Um, I've seen some big names. I'm like, I'm not applying to that. I'm nowhere near mm. like where that is at the point. So at least for me, that's where I sort of gauged it, right? I saw people, how many years they were in in comedy or, you know, the kind of stuff that they were doing. So I would say just incremental improvements is the key for comedy. Um, but that's it, man. Yeah, I uh, yeah. got some stuff coming up in March. I'm super excited about. Got shows coming got festivals coming so yeah it's gonna be a good month man yeah we should we should get better about it. like if we're gonna be out and about in the out on the road we should tell peeps because you never know who's listening that may want to come out or may want for sure I'm, be, so. I'm gonna be in louisville um kentucky at i think it's laugh louisville is that march is uh yeah for world series on it's between the 15th and the 18th and yes. my show is on yeah louisville kentucky come holla at your boy it's the world series of comedy festival i'm on on friday if you guys are out there very nice well yeah and we do this live stream every tuesday answering your questions every tuesday so set your alarms every tuesday at 5 p.m eastern time we do this live stream on our youtube channel and facebook group so please come hang out with us live yay yay yeah hit us up next tuesday yeah anything else if you have any questions i love answering questions we do this 
that's yep. We do love helping. That's why we do this every week for free. So those are our wives' words, not ours. <laughs> that's what we have to read uh, right before we start the show. Yeah. The pain <laughs> approved by our wives. <laughs> so true. This time I'm giving to you has been approved by my wife. She is okay with anything and everything that I say. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> well, all right, Hot Breath of Verse. We will see y'all next Tuesday. Right Bye. here on Hot Breath. This episode of Hot Breath is sponsored by our Patreon. If any of our content has helped your comedy career, join our Patreon linked in the show notes and get positive comedy karma for life. Probably.